This is a national record-breaking edition of the Behind the You podcast with Mia Valet. Mia, the dive, the national diving champion from a year ago and University of Miami student athlete, which is why you're here. Appreciate you doing this. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here. It's a great opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's see how good your memory is. When I say, when I put these five numbers out in front of you, 365.75, what does that mean? Oh, that's my, that's my <laughs> record. Like, you don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> and your coach said you're going to be like a doctor in a few years. We don't, we don't even remember that. I remember a lot of things, but that one, that one, uh, sometimes I have a little trouble with. Yes, that that is your record-setting number, the NCAA championships a year ago. Although you did say in, in some of the media you did after that, you really weren't paying attention, you weren't listening, and you weren't scoreboard watching. Is, is that true? Yeah, I never do that during competition. I don't want to know where I am because, like, in my head, you know, every competition I want to do well. And if other people are diving amazing, then I don't dive great. You know, they deserve to be me. But if they're diving bad and then I dive amazing, then you know, I can't control what other people are doing. So I try and focus on what I can control, which is what I do. And I find watching the scoreboard and stuff like distracts me because every dive I'm going to try and do my best anyway, regardless of my standing. All right. So real quick, I took notice this before we start talking, but just in case you're Canadian or from mm-hmm. Canada with an English accent. So that threw me <laughs> off a little bit. Yes. <laughs> you, you explain, please. <laughs> um. Well, I grew up actually in Quebec, but in like a pocket of English in Montreal. So uh, the west of the island speaks mostly English. So I grew up there. My mom's English from uh, Ontario, but my dad's born and raised in Quebec, uh, has a French accent like you would expect. But I went to French school my whole life, actually, until coming here to Miami. So that was a big switch, especially for like the sciences and the maths and stuff. All right. So real quick now, mostly this is an audio recording and and most everything we've done is through the ears, but I see behind you, there's a lot of trophies and a lot (laughs) of awards. So by any chance is the national championship back there somewhere that you could unearth? Yeah, it's right on the top in the middle. I can go grab it. Please. Let's get that. I actually had my mom just set that up because I'm too scared. I don't know how to put in floating shelves myself. Yeah. So I got my mom to, uh, you set those up as well as the metal hang like hanger it's like a, that's a lot of metals like i can't even count how many are there yeah those but are it, those are from this year that's all from this year yeah. <laughs> well they're arranged pretty that must be from each event right because it looks like they're color-coded yeah so i have like accs then canadian nationals then i had a meet in england uh a meet in canada canada cup uh world championships and then commonwealth games the common that's the one with the, like the blue and yellow yeah, the blue and yellow is Commonwealth. There's games. a lot there. There's a lot of those. Yeah, I won one in in all of my events. So, so you're was... you're comfortable bragging? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna ask. No, no, I'm of course I I led you down that road. Now what's up? So can I, can you hold up the national championship? Come yeah. on, I want to see this. Well, awesome. I don't know if it fits in the screen very well. Yeah, but... we're good. We're good. And yeah. then on either side, what's on either side on the back shelf? What's on either side? No, back shelf. What's oh, back there? Back, uh, it's just my two other NCAA trophies. So I just, just my two four. other ones, right? <laughs> well, because they give them, I'm not used to getting, I find the NCAA gives a lot of trophies. I'm not used to that. Right. So uh, I have one for fourth place and I believe seventh place from last year. So it's funny. I was talking to your coach today. We were talking about, you know, just confirming some of the information I had done my research on and make sure I just have a good feel for what we're going to talk about. And obviously there was the one meter that you won the national championship. Mm -hmm. And he started talking about moving forward, practicing some stuff for the three meter. Yeah. And I said, well, did she also, you know, participate in their qualify for the three meter at nationals? And he said, yeah, well, she came in fourth. And I go, man, 
fourth, which is awesome. Sounds pretty crappy when you win the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I came out of that. It was my best place to get NCAAs, but I was a little disappointed after coming off that one meter gold. Right. Exactly. Like fourth, man, what are you talking about? She won the whole thing. Like (laughs) awful. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We could only, we could. We can all only hope to be in fourth in the world. So, by the way, I kind of feel like this goes under the radar, right? So we've you're the national champion. Mm-hmm. You're not just the national champion, Mia. You're the record-breaking mm-hmm. national champion. When did yeah. that sink in? Well, I honestly didn't even know until like 45 minutes after I finished my event. Everybody else knew, but nobody told me. Didn't know you're the national champ or the record-breaker? A record-holder. It ended up being... Uh, so how'd you get to... How'd you find out? I think it was the media guy after the award ceremony. They led me off to like a press conference. And my mom messaged me and was like, I think you have the record. And then I asked the guy and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the record. So just like that. <laughs> just matter of factly. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was like in shock. This guy was unbothered. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So take me through all this, right? So you don't pay attention. You know, you're not a scoreboard watcher. You're focusing mm-hmm. on yourself. So literally, when did you know, like, because you are, so let, let me also at the senior. So you're the, in the final eight, right? But you're the first diver. Mm-hmm. I had only just made the finals by me. Oh, oh, so it goes in reverse? It goes in well, reverse. Well, yeah. So you do prelims and then top eight make the finals. Then you switch it. So it's like it goes eighth, seventh, six, five, four in order. So you were the, so you do six dives and you're, you're the first one to go last, I guess, right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I didn't know, but I think, yeah, I was far enough ahead because I did miss my last dive a little bit. And I remember coming out of the water because I'd missed it a little at ACCs and it cost me the gold. I was like, I don't want this dive to cost me another gold medal because I knew I was up there. I was doing like the best competition my whole life. You felt it like you you felt like you were in the groove like this. was Like you were rocking and rolling. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, even if I don't look at the scoreboard, like it's such a quick event, I don't put my earphones in for just like eight people. So I could still hear what other people were doing. So like I was I I can follow along a little bit, even if I don't mean to, it's like subconscious. So yeah, I remember coming out and saying, like, I don't want this dive to cost me another medal. And my coach was like, okay, calm down. You're gonna be fine. Because going into it, I didn't realize it. But I think I was like 20 or 30 points ahead of everybody else, which for one dive, is like almost impossible to catch up. So people, even before the last girls were done diving, people were like coming up and congratulating me. And I also can't see very well. I need glasses. So I couldn't read the scoreboard and see how, what my point Can you see me right now? Can you see me? (laughs) It's barely good enough to see that. You don't want to see me. I promise you don't want (laughs) to. That's why it's a podcast, right? It's not a TV show or a streaming event. You don't want to see me. Um, So now, all right, so you come out of the pool, that last one, you you don't want to blow it. You have a pretty healthy lead. So what do you do? Do you watch the, uh, the next seven? Like, where do you go? What do you do? Yeah, just sit. I was, uh, you just stalked them. Yeah. I just had my coach and my, my trainer Colleen sitting on the sidelines and I just sat beside them and held her hand until it was over. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! All right. So based on what you said before, well, let's go. Let's back. We're doing a 
deep the deepest dive ever on how you won this championship right like it's like 60 minutes investigation going on here so in the prelims right you almost don't make it mm -hmm. so yeah. um how close were you to not making it like 0.2 out of 365 points like you said so 0.2 so really you got really in like close. that much yeah i remember like i said same thing as as finals i didn't watch the event but I was first diver in the prelim as well. And so when I went, I knew I'd had a bad competition. And I went, like, I, even after, like, finals, I went and sat beside my coach and my trainer and just held her hand. And she was following along. So she would, like, go, like, oh, this one has a chance to beat you. This girl has a chance to beat you. And I would just see them, like, one after the other going up or down. Right. It's a much greater pool. of How many, how many in prelims you're competing against how many people? About 50, probably. So it's a massive pool of people you're waiting for. Yeah, it's for. like 45 minutes of an event to get through. You're just sitting there hoping. For what, that last round. That last round yeah. of dives is 40. It's your, and you're the first one, you said, right? Yeah, first You got to wait for every other diver yeah. to figure out if you get in by point two. Yeah, exactly. So explain to me the – and then what's the – what's the is it a, on a different day, the final? No, it's or? the same day. So the prelim is usually like 12 to 3, and the final is at like 8, 8.30. So once you – qualified is you just flip the mindset like goes from oh man like from like i just got into like i'm gonna go crush it basically i mean uh i think i've learned pretty well these past years those prelims the long ones can be really hard because you know we're used to practicing and just doing dives repeatedly whereas when you have to do a dive and then sit down and not move for 30 to 45 minutes it can be really hard to like get your blood pumping again like warm up again and like get your mindset right whereas i find when you're in a final it's only eight people and it's going really fast like the mindset is there especially when like i said i can hear the scores and stuff and people are doing well there's the crowd it's really easy to kind of like get into the like the mindset of okay this is the final competition especially at ncaa since it's such a big event so i mean i went home or went back to the hotel took a little nap which kind of like reset everything i guess and then came back. Yeah, it's like real quick, me. I'm a I'm a massive fan of napping. So give me like a short power nap in the short nap and then the short napping rain, or like you knocked out for a little bit. No, I'd say 45 minutes. We didn't have that much time because I mean, say the event starts at 8:30. We have to be out of the water for the walkout at eight. You gotta be in the water at seven to practice. So you have to be at the pool at six to warm up. And I'm finished at three, you have to get lunch. So I'm only at the hotel for from about four to six. I only have nap, about quick nap. two hours. All right. See, this is the things you have to discuss here on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All the details, everything. I'm a uh, curiously curious person. Uniquely curiously. curious. I'm uniquely curious on things that most people would will have never asked you in, in your entire life. <laughs> All right. So now you go first in the finals. I was watching, I watched all the clips today and I was listening to the announcer and the announcer said, in her opinion, it's good to go first. There's no pressure because you're not scoreboard watching. And you said afterwards, when you talked to the announcer, you didn't like going first. So I like being at the start of the pack. So I like going like second or third because okay. it is more stressful, especially since a lot of the girls have similar dives, similar lists kind of thing. Um, to watch somebody do your dive right before you, who's like one of your biggest competitors and see them nail it. And then you're like, well, okay, now I have to nail it. So I like, I like going a little bit before, but I don't like going first because there's always like, when you're starting the event, the first dive of the event, there's always like a wait. People aren't sure when you're starting. There's not like somebody to follow. So that can be stressful. And then 
especially at NCAAs, there's a lot of um, media breaks. So like in between dives, there was like, I don't know, maybe like a minute and a half between like the last girl and me doing like them announcing. They got to pay for us to do this stuff, Mia. Exactly. You know, got to pay for us to get you on TV. So, exactly. you know, you got to have a commercial, a commercial break. Yeah, but I'm not used to that. So that was another like stressful thing to have to deal with that I'm not used to. So for reasons like that, I don't love. All right. So. In, in watching that, in, in watching the finals, they've made it very clear that, like, on your second and fourth dive, I think it was, the degree of difficulty was super high. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, you know, why those dives at that place, how strategic it was that. And then I talked to your coach today getting ready, and he goes, no, that's just how we – it's just kind of how we roll. Like, we do highly difficult dives. It's what we train for. It's what we do here. So maybe you can just elaborate on both a – you know, A, sort of how you lined up your dives, and then B, how you're coached and how you're trained by Coach Abelman, who's obviously a, a legend. Yeah, definitely the one meter, those those two hard dives. So it's uh, the reverse two and a half, which is my fourth dive, and the inward two and a half, which is my second, which is actually my newest addition. I competed it for the first time, I believe, at ACC's last year. And that's actually gotten me like a bronze at the World Championships. Uh, and there's almost no so that place. bronze that's one of those back there one of those yeah. back there is <laughs> one, one of the ones <laughs> right one of the ones um, so many we can't even pick you know just one of the ones but yeah i haven't seen any other girl compete it yet even at world championships i was the which only one? one which one i'm sorry which one the second dive the inward two and a half got it a lot of girls especially in the ncaa do the reverse two and a half but it was a big change coming from canada because we don't really since the one meter is not an olympic event they don't put much emphasis on it. So we don't really have it at our nationals um, ah, okay. or Got anything. It. So coming here and having like just as much emphasis on the one meter board as the three meter was a little strange for me. Having Randy like push me to do these harder dives. It took me a little bit. I had a little bit of resistance at the start, but you know, we're three years in and I remember him uh, teaching me the inward two and a half, maybe last summer. And I was like, oh no, no girl does this. Like, why would I even try? Like, it's way too hard. He kept making me do it, kept making me do it. And one day I did one well. And then I was- Can I ask you a stupid question? Yeah. For a complete novice who can just do, basically do like the, you know, brush, you know, the regular, where was it? Freestyle. I, that's about all I can do is the freestyle. Maybe a very awkward yeah. brush stroke. So when you're practicing and you don't do it, that looks like what? Like you just belly flopping? Like- Well, I would do it, but like, say I'm supposed to land on my head. I would like land on my face or like in a ball. So like how I would do it, right? You would just- <laughs> It would just be awful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I haven't seen you dive. That would yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see that, but <laughs> it's not what it's any, I guess at some point it's not what it's anything, but it close to what it's supposed to be as you're practicing. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, I'm doing the right amount of flips, but not very well. I gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then I did one in my head and I was like, Oh, I guess I, I, if I can do one, I can do a lot of them. So then I started practicing a lot more seriously, at least in my head. And it brought to to that at the NCAAs. I knew it would be. That's the first time game you had game. ever done it? I did it at ACC's. ACC, okay. Right before, yeah. But I knew that would be a game changer because the degree of difficulty is 3.1. Right. And I have that usually, in my notes. I have that in yeah. my notes. <laughs> and usually they use a degree of, like, girls will use a inward one and a half, whereas I did the two and a half, which is a degree of difficulty of 2.4. So what happens is the judges score you, and then that's multiplied by your degree of difficulty. So there's a huge, like, Say I get sevens on. A no, they were saying one. on the broadcast like you need some kind of like computer scientist to tabulate the how the degree of difficulty is factored in. But I just imagine it enhances your ability to get a higher score. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's basically just the judges' scores are multiplied by that. Right. I got so you. And you did two of them. It. Two Sorry. higher degree difficult. Yeah. But that was all part of the plan, right? Like, I'm gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go at we're gonna go get this thing. Yeah. Me and Randy both knew that that was the dive. Like if I hit this dive, I had a very good chance of winning. And so I remember go I go into it and it's it's a scary dive. It's not easy. You have to you're standing backwards and you flip towards the board and Honestly, if I do it right every single time, I think I am going to land flat on my face on the board. <laughs> I don't, but I feel like I'm going to. So not an easy dive mentally to do. Yeah. I don't think, but... by the way, now that you said that, I don't think you'll actually ever see me try it. Because after you said that, I just not really, like, I have two kids and I think they want to grow, they want to <laughs> see me grow old. So I'm probably going to pass on that. But I appreciate the invite. <laughs> yeah. But that one's a, so anyway. So, so did you nail it? A... So you nailed it. Did you nail it? Yeah. Nail it. And are you feeling not like a million bucks at that point after the second dive? You're like, I'm I tried to erase it from my brain as fast as possible. Just next dive. That's what a competition is. I mean, you nail you're it. such an athlete. <laughs> when you nail a dive, that's, that's it on to the next. It doesn't matter. anymore. On to the next. That's fine. But at, did, did you feel, right? I mean, you accomplished something in all seriousness, obviously at the end, you accomplished something unbelievable, right? So like at some point as you're diving, you've, dove so many times you've competed on national stages whether it was that dive or the fourth dive or any of those dives did you kind of feel like this is a little like I feel really good about what I'm doing uh yeah I mean I I felt I felt great like I was hitting almost every dive and I was like super super happy about it but like I said I mean there is a there is a groove like I did feel like you know when you step on the board you can either feel like oh I hope this goes well or I know this is gonna go well and that was one of the first competitions where I was kind of like, and I think it showed throughout the rest of my season, like internationally and stuff, but it was, I know this is going to go well. So if you don't pay any attention to the scores or the scoreboard, I mean, I guess, in, I know you said before, like you, you're, you're a little more aware because the dives are coming more quickly. And, mm -hmm. but for your dives, are you paying attention to your score? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Right. So that part you're locked in on. Yeah. And I, I watch my dive afterwards because they usually have replays and stuff. So I watch it as well. What's that like? Are you are you into that? Are you like? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sometimes, sometimes I'm like, oh, no, that wasn't good. But then sometimes <laughs> it's like, yay, okay, that was good. I got you. And what's the interaction among the divers? Is it like, is it like completely stoic? And I'm not gonna pay attention to you. Is there like any communication, or is like everyone's in their own world for that period of time? Um, it depends on the person, the competition. But I mean, honestly, the diving world is super friendly. So a lot of the the top divers, especially that I've a lot of these girls, like I've even grown up seeing on the international stage and stuff. And so it's really fun to talk to them at the practices and everything. But during the event, people are are pretty focused in. I mean, there's different ways to compete. I'm very focused in my own world. Some people like talking to people, distracting themselves. But usually when you get to a final like that, people are very much in their own world. I got you. And then you set the record, you know, you're champion. The guy tells you sort of in passing, you're the record holder. He's just sort of like moves on with his life. You're like, okay, <laughs> interesting. And then uh, do you immediately come back? So you come back to Miami, like I compete three meter the next day. Oh, the three, right, right, right. That's when you finish fourth, when you finish fourth. Yeah. So then yeah. after that, I uh, get back to the hotel and haven't eaten dinner. So I go to get dinner with my mom and my coach is like, you, you better be home like early. Like it's, it's 9 PM. Like you need to go to bed as fast as possible. We still compete tomorrow. Like you can celebrate tomorrow night, but tonight you have, you still have a job to do. 
Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT On Demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. Now, he said after that, though, that you were sort of building towards this moment, but then you really catapulted this summer. Yeah, pretty much. I guess all those medals back there for the most part. So, like, it's interesting in your world, I guess, right? The intertwining of collegiate athletics and being on the national stage, right? You're sort of, I feel like you're, it's almost like you're always training for something. But were you already predetermined to compete this summer in all those events that you mentioned before? No. So, I actually had... I had like one week after I came back from NCAAs and I left Canada for our first nationals where I actually did really badly. I hadn't been back since uh, almost since I had left for Miami three years ago because of COVID and everything. So that was very stressful for me going back there, you know, uh, wanting to show how much I've learned and definitely did not did really badly. (laughs) But I came back, went to England that at that competition, I think I came third. I qualified for a competition in England that kind of reset me. I did really well. And then I went back in May to Canada with Randy, actually, this time he came with me. That was the qualification for world championships and Commonwealth games. That was uh, later in the summer. And I actually broke the Canadian record on one meter as well at that competition and won the it's a shame there's no one meter in the Olympics, yeah. right? I mean, we, <laughs> exactly. We got a petition. We got a petition or something. <laughs> But yes, but but your coach did say, I know, I know this is out there that the Olympics is, is out there as a possible destination, but he said that you're, you're going to start training for that and you're going to be doing stuff. He said, he's going to challenge you. Yeah. Like you're being stuff that some of the guys do, or maybe you're already starting practice practicing for that. Is that correct? Yeah, we already are. So I just learned, um, girls usually do, you have to do a twisting dive and girls usually do a front two and a half with one twist. And my teammate, Emma is actually one of the only girls in the world that does a front two and a half, two twists. And it's a dive that like the guys do. And it's one of their hard dives kind of thing on the three meter. So I've been working on that a lot and it's getting a lot better. And we're really hoping to to do that at the Olympics. I actually just competed it a couple weeks ago in uh, Ohio for our midseason. As part of you with UM? Yeah. And did you do that dive? Yes, exactly. How'd it go? Uh, it, went, it went okay. It wasn't my best. I think I got like five and a half, like out of 10. Oh, out of 10. Yeah. All right. So we got some work to do. Yeah, still got some work, but, <laughs> but it's it's getting there. I'm getting comfortable. I gotcha. I'll just throw it out there. Is the goal is is the Olympics on your mind? Yeah, definitely. So I'd actually not thought about it much with COVID. Everything wasn't even sure if I was gonna want to go back to Canada, but then with this season and stuff, it's it was just such a whirlwind. Like I never had time to sit down and like actually think about what what I had accomplished, what had happened. It was just one after another, after another, after another. Now that I've like sat back and had time to practice, like had those experiences, because it was my first time at big international competitions like Worlds or Commonwealth Games as well. It's definitely something that that I want and that I want to do. So in the collegiate level, one meter, three meter, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And then Olympics is three meter only. Yeah, but international competitions do have one meter as well. So Got it. Commonwealth Games had one meter. Um, World Championships had one meter. Most of the international competitions don't have it, but they do have three meter synchro, which I do as well. There we go. 
Yeah. So you're busy. Yeah. <laughs> you're busy. No downtime. No, definitely no downtime. When I finished my season, I think I got a week and a half and then the collegiate season started. This go around in the fall. Yeah. Okay. All right. And that, because it's like you're, it never stops, right? You're just one into the other, into the other. Exactly. So when you're training now, are you sort of training for either ACC and NCAA with an eye on the Olympics or can you sort of separate the two and no it's not really possible to separate the two especially with COVID COVID being done um the competitions are starting again and the international season does start in February when our championship season is so I have you go you do both yeah so I have like my nationals in January in Canada and then hopefully a couple international meets in February March ACC's international meet zones, NCAA's international meet. You better listen. You better find some time to nap. <laughs> I don't think there'll be much time for napping. <laughs> it's gonna be. So uh, Olymp- what is that? It's gotta be summer of twenty four, right? So we're a year and a half off. So, and what are the ultimate qualifiers for the Olympics? So, World Championships this year qualifies because each country has to make a a spot. Like you don't automatically get a spot at the Olympics for your country. Got it. So I'd have to come like top 12 at the world championships. And then it's just however many spots we have, it's one or two. Um, you have to finish top 12 in terms of overall, and then you represent Canada at the Olympics. No, if I come top 12, I open a spot for Canada. It's not mine. And Canada can do with that what it wants. Ah. And so then I'd have to, in 24 at nationals, I'd have to come like first or second. I got it. Okay. You're working for your country. Then hoping for yourself. Exactly. Okay. All right. More people, more sports to follow. <laughs> so, and how have you been thought about repeating? Repeating. The big, the big trophy you showed me. Oh, I mean, definitely. Especially with the, you know, how I did uh, this summer and stuff. I, I think I gained the confidence that I needed on the three meter that I was maybe lacking at that time last year to, to do that. I mean, my one meter is pretty strong and I'm hoping to I've been concentrating a little more on the three meter um with my new dives and stuff but I'm still working really hard on that so I think I think I have a good chance uh to do it again this year but I mean there's so many amazing girls in the NCAA that are competing on the international scene too or competing just in the NCAA that I mean nothing's a given ever you just mentioned that hey you know international competition starts in January you know you still have your collegiate competition ACC's national Mm -hmm. championship national whatever it's going to be right so like do you just hand a note to your professor that just kind of says like can you please excuse me from class today i have to go compete internationally for the olympics pretty much <laughs> pretty much yeah so last semester i had to do it because i was missing i think it was finals week for or no i missed one week for nationals and then finals week to go to england and i had to get a letter from my professor saying that i they allowed me to leave if not i wasn't allowed to go like compete for canada or anything so i was yeah, and you're not like, and by the way, we'll share, you're not like liberal arts major person. You're like, no, be I'm, a doctor of science. Yeah, marine biology. I've got all the physics here, all the right math, all that stuff. So not the top of your head, easy stuff, no big exactly. deal. <laughs> but yeah, no, I had to get every teacher to send a letter to athletics saying that they allowed me to leave. Oh and they, they all how did. Do you, so how do you, how do you balance all this? Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> not easy. But I've gotten lucky the past few years. I've had very, very considerate teachers, um, very helpful. Uh, so that's that's awesome. But I mean, I also learned from a really young age how to 
how to kind of keep up with your schoolwork while you're away. Uh, like when I was in high school, our school was, I don't know, eight to three 30 kind of thing. And I would leave at 1130 every day, miss the last two periods to go train. And I had to keep up with that. And if I didn't, I got kicked out of the program and couldn't train as much. So I've learned since then to be able to make up like missed classes and all that. That's not a, a big deal. For me. Who do you study with? Like, does anyone else on the team study marine science? Like who's your study partners? Someone's got to, right? We need some assistance, don't we? I just, no, I kind of. You're on your just, own. Yeah. A lot of the times I study with uh, Jackie Corwich. She's on the soccer team. She's a biology major. So we met my freshman year. And so we have a lot of the same classes. We took organic chemistry together like during one summer. Like that, I would say science and engineering tap into different parts of the brain. Like yeah. there are different kinds of smart. You guys are different kinds of smart. <laughs> yeah. No, well, she's no, she's bio and I'm marine bio. I know what I'm saying. I'm just saying that like you're tapping into parts of your brain that are not like for the history major. Oh, yeah. No. The guy that the guy that's writing papers and reading English, you know, doing yeah. English lit, you yeah. know, like you're not. Yeah. Sometimes I try I try and study with other people, but it's it's not always easy when I'm like reading a I don't know, a science paper on like the biogenetics of coral reefs in the Eastern Caribbean and everybody yeah, else gonna, like tough know, to writing. find someone to assist you with that one yeah it's <laughs> not easy to find somebody that's having the same issues so Mia, let me ask you this um if for some reason marine biology wasn't the thing you wanted to study or marine sciences was not what you wanted to study would we have you here at miami like i assume yes. it had to be part of the draw uh it was but the main thing was randy was okay. the dive team i that's why i chose miami and it kind of just fit perfectly i didn't know what i wanted to do as a degree always wanted to do marine biology so I kind of said oh I'll go to Miami for diving and then when deciding my degree afterwards I was like well I mean if I'm gonna do this and go to Miami it's my dream to be a marine biologist I might as well give it a shot this is if it doesn't work here it's not gonna work anywhere change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education the division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So how Randy's big, but how big is he relative to I'm a high school student? that wants to participate competitively in diving, Randy Abelman means what to someone like you who's aspiring to compete collegially? So I didn't know his name before I came to college. And I honestly didn't think I was going to come to college till about a year before coming here. College in general? No, college in the States. Oh, college in the States. Okay. But when I did speak to my coach in Canada about it, Randy was the first name he said. He said, University of Miami, if you can. I mean, loved it, obviously. I've always been an, uh, an ocean girl, as you can see from the marine biology. So when Randy finally, finally answered my emails, because I sent him like two or three before he responded, um, he called me back, actually. And it was uh, very quick. It was, Mia, I've seen your diving. Um, I love it. I think you have great potential. A scholarship just opened up. It's yours if you want it. And I swear to God, I started crying. My mom oh my was in the God. room as well, and we both just started crying because it was like my that doesn't that doesn't happen. That's not supposed to happen like that. <laughs> I mean, he was uh, I mean, he knew what he was doing. I guess you probably sweat. You're sweating it out, going, God. I hope, and he's like, Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. it's yours take it he was like this girl looks looks good you know, you know what's funny it's kind of like all these big moments are just like matter of fact yeah yeah you broke you smashed the right re- you're the record holder at the ncaa's <laughs> you have a scholarship <laughs> you got your doctorate in marine biology <laughs> your grants your grants been issued you, you have a new boat to go out there and uh keep us gain and whatever you want to do <laughs> pretty much i um, guess <laughs> So you did, all right. So let's go back to that. You did not think you you thought you would. So you might have stayed in Canada to go to college and dive there. Yeah, my whole life I thought I was going to stay in Canada. Um, it's not a big thing to go to the states. Like people don't usually the the top athletes don't just because usually like countries like to keep like you know they they like to know what you're practicing, what you're doing, kind of thing. And like more from a national standpoint, yeah, right? They want to keep you standpoint. up there training, com- competing, so they so they kind of have you on there. Yeah. You know, guiding you to the to the end goal whatever yeah that so might i be. thought it was counterproductive my whole life to go to the states i didn't think it would be something that that ended like this like something that would actually be a way for me to get this much better and like really find my home and like find where i'm like meant to be right. but sorry to cut you off but just <laughs> relative to what you wanted to do from a diving standpoint just however far that would take you competitively i know you were a big time junior diver in canada probably Canadian national team, but were you thinking at that point, like I want to dive on the international national stage professionally for my country. And that part of the thought process would be to stay in Canada to make that happen. Yeah. So I've been diving on the international scene at the senior level since I was 15, I believe. So doing these, these competitions since, I mean, like six years ago. So it was always part of my plan, always been, been what I've been thinking about. And when I left, I like made it clear that I'm like still coming back. I still want to compete for Canada. Like this is still a big deal for me. Uh, And then COVID hit and it kind of put everything into question. But I think it's the best decision I ever could have made. What was the thing that pushed you to come? So, I mean, I know you said Randy, but like what made you decide, yes, I'm going to entertain the thought of going to the United States to go to, to attend school. Well, actually about a year and a half before I came here, I quit. So I quit for six or seven months. that was in my notes too. Yeah. So we were going to get into that. So what, so what, so start there and work, work your way forward. Yeah. Well, I just wasn't, wasn't happy. I wasn't you know, coaches, environment, all that stuff, you know? So I finished off my season and it got really bad. I hated going to practice, hated what I was doing. Wasn't happy. Um, wasn't motivated, nothing. So I decided, well, if I'm not motivated, I'm not going to dive anymore. And then I decided to come back maybe a year and a half before I came to Miami. Uh, came back with a new coach, somebody had a coach I'd known since I was a kid, but at a different club. And he was absolutely amazing, like helps me find my love for the sport again, still helps me to this day. Like he will help me like find my way to nationals, register me, like still like helps me get hotel rooms and stuff, like just an amazing person. And um, so I actually came back just because mostly I was bored. I didn't know if I missed diving, but having dove your whole life, having done athletics your whole life, it's hard to just do school. It just it kind of yeah, feels like something's missing, missing, right? Yeah. So I, I went back and that break kind of made me put into perspective, like what my priorities were. And so then I like decided that I had watched all these people go to the States and have fun and that that had been what I wanted to do my whole life, even though I'd been told that I shouldn't. So that's kind of when I decided like, okay, I'm going to put aside like what other people are saying and I'm going to listen to what I want to do and like what my heart's telling me to do. And that's when I kind of started entertaining thought. And like six months later, I started actually like looking into schools and stuff. And I got a, a good amount of offers, but I only went on two recruiting trips. And like the second I stepped foot in Miami, I knew, I knew this was the school. 
knew it. I knew I, it was like one of those gut feelings, you know? Yeah. The city or just on campus? Like, on, how did you how on campus? Yeah. They took you to the pool and that pool is prime real estate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, who has a pool like right dead smack? It's like the centerpiece of campus with the lake. Right next to the lake with a fountain in it. Yeah. All right. So that's pretty awesome. Can we give a shout out to your crazy boyfriend? <laughs> crazy, loving, supportive boyfriend? Yeah. That, that, well, your coach described him as like a World Cup like fanatic <laughs> when he comes to your events. Yeah. So he had never heard of diving before. Well, he had heard of diving, but he had never like followed diving, knew anything about diving, anything. We started dating like, I don't know, a year and a half ago. And uh, NCAA start coming up. So he hasn't seen me. I haven't done anything. He didn't know me before COVID. I told him about diving, but he didn't know, you know, until you know it, like until you see somebody go through it, you don't know what it is, these big meets. And so he like was like, oh, I guess I'll come to NCAAs. Like that could be really fun. Which is where? Where where, where was it? It was in Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. So he brings a Miami flag. First of all, he wears this flag around his shoulders the whole weekend driving, walking, scootering around Atlanta, around the university, through the frats, everything. He wears it the whole weekend religiously. He watched me like win NCAAs, the first competition he ever comes to. So he, now he uh, thinks he's the good luck charm, right? Yeah, it was a, a big, a big introduction for him. He was uh, very excited. My mom had to tell him a little bit to to calm down a few times because he starts- Crowd environment, are you supposed to be loud and screaming or is it a very hush-hush kind of like- you're supposed to scream like when when they the hit the water, like well when they hit the water, but also like when they're announced. Like you can say like go Mia, but right. like when the person's like the whistle, there's like a whistle that beeps to say like the dive is starting, and then you have to like be completely silent. Like if somebody says something or screams, like the person can ask for a redive. Like, right? Did he do that? Did he blurt something out somewhere along the way? No, he was good in that <laughs> part. That. <laughs> but then then I I keep doing all my stuff and I'm doing great. And he's getting super excited. And when I make world championships, he like books the flight. He's like, that's it. I'm coming. And he goes a couple of days before he meets my parents. Says my parents there. He goes to make a Wait, by the t-shirt. Way, you said world champ. Where? Where? Budapest. Right. Not just like it. That's a little bit different than Atlanta. Yeah. No, no. All the way to Budapest. Okay. Like 11 hour layover in London. Kind oh of my thing. God. Good job by him. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he makes these shirts and they say like, team valet on the front with like a canada flag and then like team mia with like a canada like on the back like the words canada on the back and he buys like 10 of them his boss actually even came to to budapest as well and to cheer me on so i had like i don't know like seven people with these t-shirts on in the stands with like two canada flags screaming it was crazy because by the end of it after i had won i came third on one meter and then came second on three meter people from the stands were coming up to them asking for extra t-shirts. You built a little fan club. Exactly. So he needs to be like CMO, the chief marketing officer for Mia Valet Diving. Oh, he definitely is. He also is uh, really into editing videos and stuff. So he made me a YouTube account with all the footage from World. So that, under What's the name of the account? I got to go check it out. I think it's Mia Valet. That's pretty easy. It's my, it's my <laughs> yeah. And then he made me a TikTok, a website, a Facebook page. Are we down with the, how are we with the TikTok? Are we, uh, are, who are, are we self-engaged in the TikTok or just what he does? I took over a little bit on the TikTok. I'm learning. I'm trying to learn how to edit videos. He was a lot better at it. Yeah. But... We were just having a conversation at the office the other day about, uh, just it's, it's power. Yeah. The power. Definitely. Yeah. My old man, my old man self that is not aware. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's like it's just such a strange 
app because you know people follow you it's not like instagram where people follow you and it like matters like people can follow you and they'll never see your videos again oh really yeah i don't because, know i'm like, serious like, my kids are on it all day long i'm i'm not there i kind of missed that yeah. i missed that yeah because it's like the algorithm gives you like a curated like videos but nobody goes on the like page that's like oh i got right so you're not i'm not on your page i just see you in a big you're on like the explorer page right kind of not just whatever pops up pops up yeah i got you all right i've I've been trying a little bit (laughs) (laughs) i'll go i'll start with anybody listening wants to go follow yeah where is is it me of la i think it's team mia 22 because we made it after the world championships where it said team mia on those t-shirts all right we might have to change it to team mia 24 pretty soon Yeah, Paris 24 it is. I will, uh, I'll probably start on the YouTube page. It's probably a little more my speed and I'll have yeah. the kiddos try and find you on, um, on, TikTok. on TikTok. You got it. All right. Well, Mia, this has been awesome. I hope you, you've laughed a lot. I hope you haven't been laughing at me. I hope you're laughing with me. And uh, Definitely with you always. I don't think I've had, I've had national champs. I may have had record breaking national champs, but not many. Not many. So I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you did this. I'm glad we had the, by the way, I've been after cam for like a year to get you on here. So I'm glad we finally did it. (laughs) And if you do it again this year and we, and, or we qualify for Paris or both, you are invited back. Listen, your mom did a great job with those shelves. I feel fairly fairly confident. (laughs) Nothing's going to fall. We'll talk soon and get some rest. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.